Welcome to Season 3 of the M-W Tactical Podcast. Sit back and enjoy the conversations of the mad scientist, Coach B, and myself as we discuss the sport of shooting, goals, training, and everyday life. You are listening to the M-W Tactical Podcast. All right, good people, we're back at it again, and I want to thank everyone for listening to the M-W Tactical Podcast. For everybody who sent a note, an email, and or a text last week that was talking about the show, we really do appreciate it, and we do thank everyone for listening. This week's show is sponsored by Blazon Apparel. Blazon Apparel is the official shirt makers for the 2021 South Carolina sectional that is taking place 30 April through 2 May in Belton, South Carolina. Right now, you have a couple weeks. Registration is still open. And like I've always said, I am tired of the mad scientist trying to tackle me. He doesn't try to trip me. Legitly, he looks at it as the gridiron meaning a football field. I can't juke and dodge like I used to because the mad scientist is trying to hurt me. And we got matches coming up. So I need y'all help sign up for the match. Come out there, take a picture next to the gun butt. I mean, gun butter <laughs> banner. And um, we'll make it happen. All right. And, but I'll stand in front of the ER <laughs> when we get our picture. There you go. That's how we'll do it. All right. <laughs> Also, a reminder, um, we got a couple GoFundMe campaigns taking place, and we are making a professional movie. So please head over to GoFundMe.com forward slash we are making a professional movie and donate what you can. And you're going to see the crew, everybody who we associate with within the shooting community, um, making it happen and day-to-day life, piecing it together so you can see the -the behind-the-scenes footage of what we have to do to get ready to move forward. The other GoFundMe campaign is free firearms training for those who are new to firearms or who do not have the ability to seek out a reputable trainer. So we're going to pitch in and help out a nationwide push. So we already had a few people donate to this campaign, and we really do appreciate those who contributed thus far. For those who already contributed, you will be getting your shout out on Instagram here in the next upcoming weeks. So once again, please head on over to gofundme.com forward slash free firearms training and gofundme.com forward slash we are making a professional movie. Now, it is that time to bring in the lady of M-W Tactical. As I keep telling everybody, this lady is me. She tries to push me down the stairs. She closes the car door on my leg. She tried to step on my foot on my bad toe. And to make it even worse, I asked for a glass of water. She tried to give me a glass of Clorox. What is she really trying to say? Most importantly, what is she trying to do? So without further ado, I want to bring in Coach B. What's up, B? How's it going for you? Hi, Michael. Hi, Dave. Yeah, it's a wonder that I'm still here. 
she's trying to keep you on your toes. That's what she's doing. Uh, that's what we calling this now. That's it. That's all it is. Oh my goodness! Oh, Since you retired from the military, you got to have somebody pushing you. Yeah, I guess that's one way to look at it. But um, <laughs> I, I don't know what to say about that one. So, how how has your work week been there, um, or how has your week been there, Coach B? My week's been good. Um, I made a couple cakes, um, cupcakes for Easter. Um, I make a lemon pound cake that if I come to a family function without the pound cake, I'm not allowed in the house. Oh, you're oh, asked to leave. <laughs> oh, yes. Yeah. Now, I can honestly say that um, she made this cake one year and she asked me if I wanted one. I swear I ate that whole big cake in about two days no lie and it, it was so good man i was just like yo man, <laughs> you gotta do this again so she had hit me up the next time i was like you want me to make a cake i was like no <laughs> no you can't do that i'm trying to work out i'm trying to lose the weight <laughs> you know you're trying to you're trying to work the opposite effect on it <laughs> you know but yeah those cakes be slamming though i, I can't even front on that one that's that, that cake is slamming though right you know, but um, like a good lemon pound cake. Oh man, oh man. Um, the last time I was trying to be um, what what you call it, where like you're not trying to be too over possessive or greedy on the cake, but we went to that family function and um, I couldn't resist. I was like, yeah, yeah, let me let me go get another piece of cake. <laughs> so I ended up getting like four pieces, but I tried to spread it out over like hour time frame. I couldn't couldn't resist it, man. But like I said, it's really good, really good. Uh, what else is going on with you what else you got going on um nothing just just studying that's pretty much it no okay i got you on that one so once again um thank you for doing what you're doing as far as the podcast and um we're gonna try to do the camera here shortly i don't know if she's gonna vote i need everybody to um register on the vote we're gonna put a, a vote up on facebook tell coach b to get on the camera yes or no <laughs> we can see how that goes and um if you get majority of the yeses would you come on the camera mm, yeah probably so uh oh uh oh you heard it you heard it <laughs> so we're gonna do this vote we're gonna do this yeah. poll and see what happens like that you're much better to look at than either of us so. yeah yeah i would say that too <laughs> i would definitely agree with that now we got another guest for the m-w tactical podcast this little one is also named the little assistant. Now, she does give me a hard time, but then she makes it up with the kisses on the melon. So without further ado, bringing in the little assistant herself, Emma. What's going on, Emma? Good. Good. <laughs> How has your day been? Awesome. Awesome? awesome. Yeah. So we had a pretty interesting day today, didn't we? Mm -hmm. Yeah, so um, we picked you up from Georgia. Mm -hmm. We stopped in Atlanta mm -hmm. to see my buddy Kevin, mm -hmm. KD of NLC um, Firearms Training. And we had breakfast, and you ate a pretty good breakfast. It was actually brunch. Okay, well, we'll, we'll call it brunch, you know, so. Um, Which is my favorite. Yeah, so it was, it was pretty good, though, wasn't it? Mm -hmm. Yeah, considering the fact you kept asking, when is it coming? When is it coming? But you said you wasn't hungry. So I take it you really was hungry then. That's what it was? 
Maybe. Oh, okay. Well, was it waffles? Did you get waffles? No, I got eggs and bacon. Yeah. Bacon? What? Yeah, eggs and bacon. Eggs and bacon. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Awesome. With lemonade. I was like, ooh, look at this right here. But, but she she does, tore it up. Yeah. That does make an awesome day. Yeah. So it's pretty interesting. So we hung out there in Atlanta for maybe about an hour and a half, two hours, just talking to my buddy Kevin. And then um got back in the vehicle and came on back to Columbia, South Carolina. Yeah, so it was pretty fun though, wasn't it? Considering you went to sleep twice on me. <laughs> right? Yeah. Oh, okay. Well, I am glad you are here so the listening people can hear the little assistant herself. <laughs> All right. So now moving forward, bringing in the one, the only, my buddy, the one who actually keeps the guns in operation. This guy turns the wrenches, flips the screwdrivers. I think he did something on a bus on the side of the interstate one time, but I don't know, man. But these stories keep coming in. So I really, I'm trying to figure it out myself. They also say he cooks, he cleans, he also vacuums. I don't even vacuum anymore. Well, wish I didn't. Yeah. <laughs> but I know for a fact he also does fence repairs, he also does <laughs> car repairs. And then, most importantly, he gets his cardio in by chasing the family pet. Mm. So, bringing in my buddy, the co hostess with the mostest, my man. The mad scientist, Dave. What's going on, Dave? <laughs> no more cardio chasing the dog around because I fortified the backyard last weekend with <laughs> two by fours and bricks and pavers and stuff everywhere. Oh man, it's not yeah. like you, you made an obstacle whole, course. <laughs> I spent a whole weekend fortifying the backyard. Oh man. So I could go on vacation this week. Oh, you good with go it. Shoot Area Six Championship and not have to worry about the dogs escaping. Uh oh. <laughs> <laughs> well, um, like I said, um, everything is fun and everything um goes for a reasoning. Unlike um our buddy Lucky, who ordered a dump truck full of dirt for his backyard. I'm like, dude is about to build a BMX track in his backyard. <laughs> so yeah. I, I just think he just miscalculated the amount of dirt because, you know, he probably never ordered a dump truck. But then again, it might have been cheaper for him to get the dump truck load and moving that stuff around. I know he got to work out on that one. <laughs> oh, um, he said he actually did it by himself, like the shovel and a wheelbarrow. That's oh, no man. That's a lot right there. I'm surprised he's lot. still alive. He just got a new foot or something, didn't he? Yeah, he had surgery on his foot. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> so um, he had that surgery on his foot and he's recovering pretty good, pretty fast. And um, ooh, but like I said, he's been putting in that work though. He's been putting in that work. Man. So, but then, you know, like I said, everybody's been doing um little home projects around this time of COVID where you really can't go out and do stuff. So I was actually um, laughing every time he gave me updates of what he was doing. <laughs> <laughs> so I was like, yeah, man, you're a little bit better than me. I, I think I would have waited for like um, closer to the fall when it was a little bit cooler because it's starting to get hot. I was like, I, would, I wouldn't be out there right now doing that stuff. Ugh, that's tough. Yeah. yeah, yeah, that's what I said. Tough right work, now. hard work. Yeah, so, um, but outside of that, though, um, we are one step closer to the South Carolina sectional. Coming up soon. 
Yeah, it's coming up, coming up soon. Um, but then again, at the time of this recording, we have um, how many? What's the time frame for Area Six? Uh, it will be that this weekend. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So it will be this weekend. Friday. Yeah, yeah man. My, my days are all messed up. I've been so busy. So, um, yeah, I remember um, last week I ended up going to Georgia to help a buddy of mine move um, to Florida. Got to Florida, stayed the night, came back, <laughs> picked up a little assistant. Now we're here. So I'm like, I've been on the go all week. So I'm a little burnt out, but. It's all in fun, all in smiles, and all in good memories. So you know how that goes. I've always heard that you you know who your true friends are uh, if they'll help you move. <laughs> <laughs> I've never heard of it put like that. <laughs> well, one thing about my, my buddy Jeff, um, he, he's a cool cat. He, he's a college professor. He was a college professor, but he just retired. Him and his wife retired. Um, last year later part of last year and now they're moving to florida for their retirement home and their house is pretty big and you know where he lives at in that area i'm like yeah y'all gonna have fun with that and then he made a proposition and asked that hey, he needed help to move so i was like man i got you you know what i'm saying living that retired life so i was like i got you <laughs> but um yeah that kind of wore me out this week and he had like a lot of going on. Oh yeah. So we're gonna have um an interesting show because we're gonna dive into a commercial break. We're gonna come back and we're gonna do our normal talking points. And then we're gonna have five minutes with Sergeant Gomez, right? And then we're gonna have the interview portion. I was trying to think of a name without saying the super squad, you know, because we're going to have a conversation with Jay Bill, um, Rob T, Pops Quest, um, yourself, the mad scientist, um, Coach B, and myself. And that's going to be an interesting match. And the reason why I said I was looking for, I mean, an interesting conversation, not an interesting match. And the reason why I said I was looking for a name outside of Super Squad, because we're going to be shooting a North Carolina classic all together. And you know me and my beliefs of shooting outside of limited. <laughs> and I'm going to talk about the decision I made because you got to remember, I signed up for the squad. I left the squad then I came back. I don't know if you saw that or not. I didn't, but you mentioned that. And I'm, I want to get your thought process on that. Okay. Yeah, we'll do that. We'll do that. But let's go ahead and dive into this quick commercial break. Come on back and, um, hit up uh, Sara Gomez and do our talking points and then dive into that interview portion with um, Jay Bill and Rob Teague. And let's hear how that goes. All right. So everybody will turn up the volume on your listening device. If you're in your vehicle, tighten up those seat belts. If you're on the front porch, go ahead and throw your feet up on um, the table or that picket fence. Turn up the volume and here are a few words from our sponsors. Mental health and guns. At Walk the Talk America, we're working with both the mental health community and the gun industry. Created by a gun industry veteran, 
Walk the Talk America seeks to raise awareness and create change through suicide prevention and firearm safety without legislation. We strive to eliminate the prejudice that firearms and mental health face. For more information and to support Walk the Talk America, please visit walkthetalkamerica.org. JM4 Tactical has developed a state-of-the-art polymer holster that will quickly become your go-to holster. With high-quality hermit oak leather, securely sewn to the interior of the molded outer bolt-on shell, your draw becomes silent and no more scratches up and down your firearm. When seconds count, you can rest assured that you will have the upper hand when you need it most. Whether you carry open or concealed, the Relic Holster is available in four different models, fitting over hundreds of different style guns. The new reliable, easy, light, individual carry holster by JM4 Tactical. Order your Relic today at jm4tactical.com. What's up, good people? This is Michael Woodland from M-W Tactical. This is Coach B from M-W Tactical. And we are asking for your help with two GoFundMe campaigns that we have started. The first one is we are making a professional movie and it's gonna be about our day-to-day -day life within the sport of shooting. Details about this campaign can be found by visiting gofundme.com forward slash we are making a professional movie. The second campaign, we are asking for you to donate to give financial assistance for those who cannot financially get the training they deserve. Remember, there are a lot of first-time gun owners out there, and I am asking for everyone in the gun industry to come together and make our community stronger. For more details, visit GoFundMe.com forward slash free firearms training. Remember how important training is to keep everyone informed and safe. All right, good people. Thank you for sitting through that commercial break. And we're back at it with the, sec the second segment of the M-W Tactical Podcast. And as we said, going into the commercial break, we're going to do the segment that I really enjoy doing. But at the same time, I really do enjoy listening to it also. But this is the second time the segment is going to broadcast on the M-W Tactical Podcast. So what we ended up doing was we got our friend, Sergeant Gomez, to come back onto the show to do five minutes with Sergeant Gomez. So before we start the timer, how's it going for you there, G? I'm good. Just uh, hanging out. Finally got a little bit of downtime. This has got a four-day weekend coming, so it's not too bad right now. Oh, Things are good. How's everything hey. over there? Yeah, everything's going pretty good. Um I don't know how I was operating in the military because of course I'm not in the military anymore, but how has the, the lockdown and the COVID restrictions affected anything y'all are doing far as military operations from the drill sergeant standpoint? Um, so we, we are kind of limited as far as uh, training goes, um, like some of the soldiers or the trainees, they, they are missing out on some of the fun stuff. For example, the the combatives um, because of the the close proximity. Yeah. So the the MACP, the combatives, uh, is not a thing right now, at least in our brigade and our battalion. Um, the the pugil sticks because of the helmets. Uh, we didn't we didn't do either. 
And it's like, those are like key, to me personally, I think those are key pieces of training that kind of, they, they kind of mold the individual because some of these kids have never been hit. You know what I mean? They, some of these kids have not been roughhoused with, and that, that changes the entire dynamic of just being an infantryman. Like it, it goes, it's just as important as breaking down their feet on a road march. Like, they don't know what they don't know until it happens or until they start getting those aches and pains and that pugil stick coming across that helmet or that that freaking arm bar or that choke for the first time or slap boxing. Some of them have never experienced it. And it sucks that they're, they're missing out and not as nothing to, on their fault. And uh, for the most part, we can only do what we can based off the guidance from fire. But I think as the year goes on, um, it'll slowly start loosening them back up again. Right. So, I mean, like today we had the turning green ceremony where they, they graduate the, like the first nine weeks, the BCT portion of their entire 21 week or 22 week cycle. Right. And, um, still with COVID restrictions, we only did a live stream of the graduation of the patching ceremony. And, mm. uh, that was it. But, I think looking forward, we, we might be moving in the right direction. Hopefully by the summer, maybe fall, we, we, we are back to normal. Right. But yeah, it, I think that's um, pretty crucial also, um, the combatives aspect of it. Because even though when I was a drill sergeant, I was one at Fort Jackson, and it was mainly geared around the soft skills MOSs, meaning, you know, like um, people who work in the office, um, they're not frontline. They didn't. They don't really do anything, combat-wise. If stuff wasn't, and um, I've said it when I was a drill sergeant, a half of these people never been hit in the face before, and they won't wake up until they get hit in the face, and then that's when reality <laughs> was set in, and then you saw the change, like how the clock actually shifted as soon as they got hit one time, and then after that, then you'll see them start thinking and reacting it's, it's like something to smile about when you see it you know as, especially after you teach them you know for like a week or two whatever it was we was doing it for yeah i mean i the closest thing i think to combat you can probably do is putting that pressure mm-hmm. on somebody and like i said the just the just the fact of them knowing hey i i can get hit or i can get choked out Yep. That changes the way they think, and yep. they they start taking their next move, or they start thinking in a more defensive or a offensive manner instead of just going through the training as like a just following instructions and getting through and checking the block. It's it's like no, if you do not get in a proper position, it's going to hurt. Yep. And it that translates <laughs> to, I would say the if that's the closest thing you can translate it to the battlefield when you. If you're not doing the right thing or if you're not following instructions correctly, you're going to get hurt or someone else is going to get hurt. And yeah, I, They're missing out, but um, hopefully by the time, like I said, the, the fall or the, maybe this summer, um, they'll be graduated and they get to the unit and they, they get spun up on it. But it's, it's clearly important enough that the Army has kept that program and revamped it mm-hmm. for a reason. Like yeah, it, it exactly. does not, it gets used. Yeah. So... It's it's not just one of those like 
the obstacle course. You know what I mean? The obstacle mm-hmm. course, like you can you can't really justify why we have it other than building teamwork. Right. But the other stuff will keep you alive, in my opinion. Yeah. Well, it, I mean, I can go on about the military because um the same conversations that you're talking about now is the same thing I was talking about when I was in. And like I said, I can I can go on all day about that stuff. But let's go ahead and move forward with um the five minutes with Sarin Gomez. So here we go. It's time to answer some questions from a dedicated citizen. A soldier in your United States Army. Someone who was deployed and served with the host, Michael Wilson. A soldier who is seeking more knowledge to pass on to those who serve under him. He will ask the questions and this is five minutes with Staff Sergeant Gomez. Hey, how's it going? MW Tactical, Coach B, the the little assistant, and I, I think I might be missing one, right? The mad scientist. Missing me? Yeah, the mad scientist. Yeah. What's up, Hello. Sergeant Gomez? Good to hear from you again. How, uh, how's everything over there? Yeah, everything's going good, man. Um, like I said beforehand, uh, we want to bring you on and do another segment and um, take it for there. So the five minutes is all yours. All right. So uh, recently I just graduated the uh, Marksman Master Trainer course here at Fort Benning. Oh, nice. So, nice. Very good. Course, and um, it, it changes the entire perspective you have on, or it changed my perspective on the Army shooting, right? So um like hey when you're in the army it was super cut and dry hey you're going to take this position you're going to shoot 20 rounds you're going to move on mm-hmm. so, um recently or not recently but in 2016 the army started hey we have a marksmanship issue there's an issue <laughs> with what soldiers are supposed to do so they developed this doctrine and now they are pushing for master trainers to go down to the unit and teach um marksmanship and it was the first time in the 12 years I've been in where uh, we shot consistently. I think we shot over 2,000 rounds to the M4 mm-hmm. and like 1,200 rounds to the 9 mil. And it, it opened up a bunch of weak spots for me. I, I realized like, hey, you're not as good as you thought. Or right. hey, you, you, like I had to walk in and leave my ego at the door. <laughs> this course. This course. course. And um, – I always wondered that, that the timer, right, the, the shot timer that competitive shooters always train with, and you'll see it all over social media, that little beep or standby beep, right? Mm-hmm. And I always wonder, like, how does that work? How does that translate to anything? Well, they, they put that timer on us. They put that timer on us and ran us through drills. And I don't know what it is about that freaking blue little box that gives you a little beep. But that changes the confidence in acquiring your target, pulling that first round, and then shooting the second round. So for, for you competitive shooters out there, that's kudos, man. Like, I, I don't know how y'all do it. That's day in and day out kind of thing for you guys. And uh, it, real, I mean, it made me realize, like, hey, that shot timer actually works for more than just a, like a, a scoring method. It, it, it sure. puts out little – like it puts that little bit of uh, pressure mentally. A little bit of stress, yeah. Yeah, it's a it's a it's a natural stress, and it's only developed like internally on your own. Like the the, the guy holding the timer, 
isn't stressing you out, but the fact that you're being timed <laughs> is what uh what kind of threw me off, and I I had issues with it. Mm. Uh, everybody yeah. does. Everybody so, does. <laughs> let me let me say something. Yeah. So let me let me chime in on this one. Um. So at the beginning, you heard Sergeant Gomez say he went through um marksmanship training course. Right? Sounds great. Yeah, it, it's a great course, and that's the unit that I was working for under AMU when I was in the military. Now, to dive even deeper into this, before the marksmanship unit was um, even made, right? I mean, not the marksmanship unit, meaning the Army marksmanship unit, but before that course that he was talking about, the Master Marksmanship Training Course, our SAR major over in Germany was implementing that. And what actually ended up taking place, and I want you to tell me if you remember this day or not, Sergeant Gomez. So Sergeant Major has said this in, before we went to Afghanistan, that what he wanted was he wanted quality people to teach marksmanship because he's seen a decline across the board, right? So when we was over in Afghanistan, what the Sergeant Major would do is he would pull squads like as they're coming back off of missions, right? And you would go down to the range and he would talk certain things and try to pull the knowledge out of people so he can actually tag people to say, hey, I want to tag you with this and I'm holding you accountable for making sure your squad, your platoon gets trained up, right? Now he done this with every squad and every platoon under his command when we was over in Afghanistan. So I had that respect value for him. It this is the same like, sorry major where I told you when it was open, I told him I didn't respect them for what they did over in Mogadishu, the Black Hawk Down series, because they got glorified for messing up. But when we messed up, he put his foot in our butt. I said it in front of like the whole company. Everybody was like, whoa, what, what's going on here? <laughs> right. All right. So um we was at the range one day, and the sorry major, he had asked a question and something like, how many of y'all think you can put 10 rounds into that index card, All right? And um, from any position, but he says, everybody was scared. And I was like, I'll do it, All right? And I don't know if you remember this, Gomez, when everybody started laughing when I said, I will do it, All right? And then um, when I started doing it, everybody was like, whoa, hold on now. This guy can fight and he can shoot. <laughs> like, what's up? <laughs> this, right? Do you remember that day, Sergeant Gomez? I do because... Um... What what had what threw us off? I remember. I think what had thrown us off was you were just so like you were more like the background kind of dude, right? You sat in the back and you just like yeah, yeah, whatever. You let the talkers talk. And you do, you would just sit back. And when you came out, you're like, I can do it. We're like, yeah, all right. Like we'll see. And then I remember you did it. After you did it, that I don't know if it was you or somebody else that said. I bet you he can fucking hit a card, um, like a regular casino card. I, I, it might have been you. Know, if you put a, play, a pack of packing cards or playing cards, I can hit those too. Mm -hmm. And we were like, uh, actually, you probably can. He's like, your stock room, your stock room was pretty tight mm -hmm. on that index card. And it was a regular, I think, like seven by nine. Yeah, it was the, the regular, like, a pack. Like, you just go to the store and buy an index card. Yeah, and we was yeah, back regular. quite a distance from I can't remember the distance, but it was pretty far. Yeah, that's why I was curious of what the distance was. Yeah, it, it was, was with the M4. Yeah, it was with the M4. 
and but I was doing it from the seated position. Yeah, I wasn't like in the prone. I was in the seated position when I was doing it. With iron sights? Um, I had an ACOG, but the ACOG wasn't magnified, right? Okay. And it and it didn't have um, it had the um, the distance tree in it, but it didn't have um, the triangle in it. It, it was like a wonky ACOG that I had. <laughs> when I sat down, I was like, yo, this right here, I might make myself look bad. <laughs> but I applied everything. And like I said, my shot group was, it was it was really tight. And it, it opened up everybody's eyes. That'd be 100 yards easy, I think, with that. I, I want to say it was further than 100. It might have been one. You remember what the distance was of that little range? I, I think that range went out to 100, but he didn't seat you. He didn't put you in a position where you knew the distance. Correct. It was just like, all right, you're going to sit right here. And you're like, mm -hmm. okay. And we all backed up, which means we were off the firing line. And um, you did it. And that was it. Like, it, it was weird. It was awkward because he was just like, okay. Like, <laughs> the first, the first like, guy up did it. So. Yeah, I was the only one that did it. Yeah, I was the only one that did it. <laughs> he didn't acknowledge you. He wasn't like, Hey, good job, Scott Woodland. That's how you do it. He was just like, he grabbed the index card, he played with it, folded it up, and walked off. And it's like, <laughs> that wasn't okay. supposed to happen. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like, and uh, we were just like, all right, he did it because we could see it. But he never took the time to be like, yeah, that's how you do it, or blah, blah. blah. He didn't acknowledge the fact that it was done. We're just like, yeah, typical Star Major shit. You know what I mean? So. <laughs> And then from then, he kind of like backed off when it came to us shooting. Like, Sergeant he knew there Major was... couldn't do it. That's why he backed off. I no, no, no. I think the Sergeant Major could, could do it, but it was the fact that um, when we did, because um, remember I told you we did a battalion shakeup and they moved all the E6s around in um, battalion. And I was the only E6 that stayed in the company. You know what I'm saying? So when I did that battalion shakeup, I moved over to Sergeant Gomez's platoon. And of course, now the Sergeant Major, he hear people, like hear the rumors of people talking and everything. But when we started talking about the training aspect, I had told him what I want to do is I want to train with a timer. And then he was like, well, how much is a timer? All right. And I was like, um, you probably can get a good one for like $150. And then he was like, okay, I can do that, but I can't do it for one platoon. I got to do it for like everybody under his command. And I think he was responsible for like five companies. Cause it was like, a, the, the setup over in Germany was weird. It wasn't like in the States. It was, we didn't have a division. It was only a brigade. It was weird to me, you know? So that was his whole thing was the money aspect. But then he said, you can train with the whistle. And uh, I was like, okay, I can figure out something, you know what I'm saying? But when we would go out to the range, we made it fun, but we made it challenging also. But we would always, I would always say, hey, request the range outside of the, um, the FOB because it was, it was more open and you can do so much more. And we used to incorporate the vehicles and everything with the training that we would do. Oh, it's so important to do that stuff, man. Oh, yeah, yeah. Especially like when we did um, MRAP um, training because the MRAP had the robotic um, arm on it. It, it was it was awesome though you know so i never i never shot the mrap with the um robotic um because you're sitting in there looking at the screen it's like a video game but he i used to let the soldiers do it all the time because they really enjoyed it you yeah. know
but that was the one thing I wanted to implement the um the buzzer the buzzer not buzzer <laughs> the buzzer into our training and um and the only thing only reason that was stopping it was the logistical aspect of ordering it and how long it would take to come over to Afghanistan that was the one thing that stopped it you know so I think it's great to hear that from Sergeant Gomez that they're actually incorporating the timer now. It seems like such a, a subtle, like kind of useless tool, man. But when for training purposes, it, it it introduces, you know, that little bit of stress that you really can't get in another way. And mm-hmm. I think it's great that that the military are recognizing that now and implementing that into some training. Well, now also you got to remember that organization that he's talking about that's the same organization that um, John Browning has um, a piece in as far as okay. the training with that course that Son Gomez said he went through that I used to work for. So John Browning, John Browning is one of the people who sits down and evaluates the people coming through, gives input and everything. Oh, excellent. He knows the value of a timer for sure. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> what, what else you got, uh, Son Gomez? Yeah, I mean, the issue with like the stressors is like in the Army since I've been in is the only focus they're, they're worried about is the, the building your heart rate up, right? Like, oh, we're going to do 20 push-ups and a sprint and a carry, and then you're going to shoot. It's like, okay, I get it. That, that is a physical stressor. But the mental stressor, I think, is what what uh, adds more to the training because that, that follow-through process or that shot process isn't just physical. And for the longest time, um, even as a private to – shit just like a year ago two years ago um when someone shot a shot group and their bullets were going up and down the automatic answer was like the the easy button was always oh it's your breathing it's your breathing like well uh we've been breathing the same way for however old you are it doesn't change when you that one time on the range like if you've been breathing for 23 years when you get in the prone position nothing should change but the shop process, which is now like the fundamentals of marksmanship, used to be, is completely different, and a lot of it ties into the mental aspect of it. And for the long, for a long time, I think the the army let that or let that go away or never applied it, and now it's slowly being applied. And I mean, definitely a sustain. It's just a matter of getting the people who sign off on these risk assessments to say, hey, yes, I will take responsibility for this because it's good training. And that, that's, a, that's the bad part in trying to run some kind of marksmanship program at the battalion or the company level is having that commander approve, hey, I want to do a, some kind of advanced rifle marksmanship or some urban rifle marksmanship. It's like we have to move. We have to move forward. We have to go left. We have to go right. We have to be comfortable with shooting someone an arm's length away from us, but no one's willing to take that risk. Now, how do we get to that point? It's getting people out of their comfort zone. And instead of training like to the safest level, why don't we train them up to a, a level where safety, yeah, is still a priority, but that's not the only restriction. And it, it, I think we, we're, we're, we're still a little behind, but we're in the right direction. Right. And I'm agreeing with that. I'm in agreement. Like, it, it's good. It's going to take time. And, I mean, if you, I don't know if y'all keep up with any of the army stuff, but like we can't even get the physical readiness, like fitness test 
approved yet because we, we are so far behind because we still have old people in the army who are stuck in their ways. And you, you have these SAR majors who, hey, it worked in Iraq in 2003. Why should we change it? It's like, well, uh, times well, change. <laughs> just because it worked doesn't mean, or just because it got away with it doesn't mean it's right. Well, you also you know got I mean? to remember that um, people are scared of failing. And when people start failing in the ranks, um, it's a hit on them. And remember, if you mess up as... Staff Sergeant Gomez, your platoon sergeant is going to get a negative hit on his NCOER like you, and it just goes up till a certain level. <laughs> right. Yeah. And, <laughs> oh, that's, that's tough. That makes everybody so cautious and skeptical correct. about doing anything. Correct. Yep. And it, it sucks because it's like, um, I mean, I was I was reading a book, and there this special unit team was talking about how their training is much harder and more dangerous than the real world, like missions they go on for a reason. Mm -hmm. And, but in regular army, big army, like for me, no one's willing to accept that risk. But I think if you, you accept a little bit of risk, the, the dividends pay later, like it's worth it. Granted there, there, there needs to be a somewhere where you like, where you pay, you're not cut out for this kind of thing. Like, there's got to be somewhere where you can evaluate people before they do go to an advanced rifle marksmanship range or a urban rifle marksmanship range, but there's tables for that. Right. It's like, hey, if you didn't qualify, you're definitely not moving on the range. You got to get retrained. But but it's always a battle for time, right? We're always finding time, and um, I think. If we stop finding time and we focus on the standard, like what are we trying to reach? That's where we will get our our quality over just quantity. Because everyone just wants to go to the range, shoot their 40 rounds, get up on the LMTV, go back and update the PowerPoint. Mm -hmm. Right? The, the the PowerPoints are red. It's like, no, like why are we here? We're here on the range to get better at shooting, not just to push people through. Well, it goes back and, to uh, yeah, it goes back to statistics. Because if you don't get certain people qualified, now it's oh, you're a bad instructor, and now it's a hit negative. <laughs> and so we are <laughs> the trickle effect. Yeah, it's just that that evaluation portion. Mm -hmm. But hey, we need to get away from that and focus on why we're really here. Right. And, I mean, it was a good, it was a good course. It opened my eyes. Like I said, I, I walk into class every day. I left my ego at the door. And uh, when we got to the range, it's like, yo, good thing you left that ego at the door, man, because uh, your shot group on that nine mil ain't that tight. <laughs> like, oh, that's that's cool. That's yeah. that's great though that you were able to do something like that. That, that sounds like a, a great class, great course. Oh yeah, it was awesome. Like we had a I had a seven meter engagement with a nine mil. All I had to do was draw, shoot one round, do a reload, and shoot again. It's like, oh, too easy. I went up there, mm -hmm. shot my first round in the A in the A group or whatever the A slot. A zone, yeah. My second round over his shoulder. It's like, what happened? I'm seven meters away. Like I can spit yep. on this target. Change it's like no picture. Change the sight that, picture. That shot timer. That shot timer, the fact you're being graded, you're at a course, like there, there's there's a female there. Like the 
the uh, the confidence level went came down, but by the end of it, it came back up because you felt like you were trained like you're supposed to be. And uh, during that course, we actually had um, two females graduate, and one of the two females was actually the honor guard or the honor grad. Nice. So it's cool. It worked. Their their instruction, their block instruction worked. Right. Um, when I when I actually took that course, the way I got the job was during the course they came to me and asked me if I wanted to be an instructor there. That's how I ended up getting a job <laughs> there. So I was like, wow, that's like kind of OJT right there. You know, they, they you know, looking at you shooting and it was like, okay, we want you to come aboard because you know, you're doing pretty well. Yeah. yeah that, they were, they were definitely handing out jobs. Like, I mean, obviously you had to earn them, but right. Hey, you should come back. Hey, Hey man, you, you're almost there, but uh, I recommend digging into the uh, TC and maybe you can come back, but mm-hmm. they, they, they do a good job at filtering out who should be there and who should not. Yeah, that's one thing I can say, too. Um, same thing happened when um, when I went through. And um, like you said, the filtering process, it's on point. You know, it's on point. So, one of those things. so I'm glad you actually went through that course. And at the same time, I'm glad you paid attention to a lot of times when I was sitting back talking marksmanship, especially when we was over in Afghanistan. So, um, but I'm, I'm just glad to hear like you opened your mind and you absorbed that stuff like a sponge. So that's that, that right there makes me smile in the best way. Yeah. I mean, and, and it's all backed by doctrine. Yep. And it's, it's the cool thing about it is like, it wasn't just written by some nerd behind the desk. Like they took the time and put people in these positions who were validated to actually put this stuff on paper because it works. Yep. All right. Well, like I said, um, like I said, we appreciate you coming on, um, sharing that experience with us. And um, yeah, we're about to dive into this next commercial break and dive into the next section with J. Bill and uh, Rob Teague. But um. We're going to bring you back again here in the next couple of weeks and um, have another segment of five minutes. That's really like 10 to 15 minutes with Sergeant Gomez. <laughs> yeah. I love appreciate it. appreciate y'all having me on. Hey, no problem, man. And um, if anything, um, I want everybody to go ahead and um, stay in your seats, turn the radios up, um, go get a drink of um, beverage, whether it be water, lemonade, or milk. And here are a few words from our sponsors. What's up, good people? Thank you for taking the time and listening to the M-W Tactical Podcast. Please, go visit the M-W Tactical store at www.m-wtactical.com forward slash store and help support our efforts by purchasing a shirt or two. If you haven't done so, go follow us on Instagram and Facebook by searching for M-W Tactical. The gun cleaners. Our solvent is, I think, second to none. Our lube is second to none. Their lube's heavier than water, which is just a huge thing. People don't really put a lot of thought into that, just how huge that is to have on your gun, especially if you can still carry. The gun cleaners. Oh, yeah, most definitely. You know, you're going to sweat a lot of the other lubes off. With ours, it'll stay there. The gun cleaners. And maintaining the quality of the process, the quality of the end result, 
is another, and you guys are able to do both with the process that you have there. Order your supply of the lube and the solvent at www.theguncleaners.com. Are you in the market to purchase your first or next firearm, but find the atmosphere of a gun store intimidating, crowded, or uninviting? There's a way for you to purchase the gun you want while avoiding the crowds, the gruff salesmen, and the marked up prices that come with a brick and mortar gun store. The process is called a transfer, where the purchase is made in an online store and sent to a federally licensed middleman called an FFL, who processes the paperwork and background check for a firearm purchase. CAE Transfers is the FFL with the lowest transfer cost in the Midlands at only $20 or $15 with the presentation of a South Carolina concealed weapons permit and $10 for repeat customers. If you live in Columbia, South Carolina or its surrounding areas, choose CAE Transfers as your FFL during checkout and let me help you complete your online gun purchase. You can find and follow CAE Transfers online at Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram using at CAE Transfers. Thank you for your business and I look forward to seeing you soon. I'm Jason Pratt, Masterclass USPSA shooter, owner of Brass Monkey Bullets. If you're interested in competition bullets, visit www.brassmonkeybulletsllc.com or call me at 423-967-1063. For more information, my email is brassmonkeybulletsllc@gmail.com. at gmail.com. Thank you. What's up, good people? This is Michael Woodland from M-W Tactical. This is Coach B from M-W Tactical. And we are asking for your help with two GoFundMe campaigns that we have started. The first one is we are making a professional movie, and it's going to be about our day-to-day life within the sport of shooting. Details about this campaign can be found by visiting GoFundMe.com forward slash we are making a professional movie. The second campaign, we are asking for you to donate to give financial assistance for those who cannot financially get the training they deserve. Remember, there are a lot of first-time gun owners out there, and I am asking for everyone in the gun industry to come together and make our community stronger. For more details, visit GoFundMe.com forward slash free firearms training. Remember how important training is to keep everyone informed and safe. All right. All right, good people. We're back at it again. And thank you for sitting through that commercial break. And during the commercial break, I had to make a phone call. Well, actually, I had to make two phone calls. So we had both of these people on the show prior. But this time, as I stated, I was thinking of a name outside of the Super Squad, but I couldn't come up with anything other than Uber Squad. But then I was like, no, I don't want to say Uber Squad because that sounds goofy, like everybody's tripping over their feet. (laughs) You know, so maybe we might come up with something before the end of this show. So I want to introduce my buddy and my friend, Rob T, a.k.a. Pops Quest, and the one and only J-Bill. How's it going for you, fellas? Uh, good, great. I'm just happy to be on the, the phone with Jay and David and yourself. It's going to be great. Yeah, Thanks for calling. Hey, no problem. It's pretty no problem. cool. 
I, I feel very special to be a part of this conversation. <laughs> so, it's awesome. I'm, I'm going to tell you all how this actually came about. And this was a last minute thing. Um, I was talking with Dave, um, whatever day it was, because my, my whole week has been busy, like you wouldn't believe. And he just came out of the blue and was like, hey, man, I'm going to sign up for the North Carolina section and I'm going to be on the squad with Jay and Rob. And if you want to, you can jump on the squad with us. And I was like, okay, cool. <laughs> so what I ended up doing was when I originally signed up, I signed up for the squad. And then I looked at it. It was a bunch of carry optics and open. And I was like, oh, no, uh-uh, I'm jumping off of that squad. <laughs> <laughs> so I went to another squad, which was Lucky Squad. And it was like everybody was limited. And I was like, all right, cool. Then I went back and I looked at it again, and then there was a limited master on the squad. So I was like, okay, that's who I'm going to right there look at and reference and everything else. So I jumped back on the squad. So, um, well, I'm glad you jumped back on, man. Oh, yeah. So, but I I got a reason for that. I got a theory behind that, but we're going to dive into it when we start talking a little bit more. And you're going to laugh about it. So, as as I'm driving back, because I ended up going to Florida last week. Right. So as we're driving back from Florida, me and my buddy, Jeff, I'm trying to come up with this name. And I was like, okay, we can't say the super squad, but I need something that's better. And then I was like, in my mind, I'm talking to myself because my man, Jeff, doesn't know anything about shooting. So I'm like, Uber squad, that sounds cool. But then when I said it, I was like, oh, no, uh -uh. (laughs) put a bad taste in my mouth. (laughs) So I was like, okay. so then I hit Dave up and I was like, hey, I got a great idea. Since we're on the squad with Rob and Jay, let's get them on the show and talk about that match that's coming up. And then, you know, everybody's doing carry optics. Well, done the carry optics minus myself. And I think that'd be an interesting conversation right there. He was like, yeah, let's do it. Then that's when I hit y'all up. And now we're here. This is cool. I'm glad, I'm glad it works out. Yeah. So, um, yeah yeah so it's a good squad i was like man that formed quickly and i'm so glad that i got my spot and like (laughs) dave texted me last night and i was in bed about to pass out and i'm like i better get up and do this and (laughs) and uh sure enough it was full you know by the time michael i think michael i think you jumped on last and i was like yep there it went boom yep and like i said i jumped on jumped off and then jump back on again. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's that's really funny. No, that um, it's 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 pretty cool to because this is how it works. You know, you you arrange ahead of time with people, and you're like, no, we're gonna go in this squad. David, David, let me pick the squad. So I was like, yeah, squad twenty two. Twenty two is my favorite number. So let's go with that squad. <laughs> I'm um, where you, why'd you pick that squad? I'm, like, I'm, I'm whatever. I, that's fine. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> um, but it's cool. Like we got. Um, my, my brothers on that squad, uh, Nick and, um, the, uh, Dupuis brothers. Uh, so that's Bryce and Blaine. And those, those guys are awesome. Um, I got to meet him last year at the Carolina classic. Um, Yeah. Joel, Joel Fisher. Do you shoot with him up that way? Right? No, I don't actually shoot with Joel up here, but we talk, we talk all the time. So Joel as well. Um, he's awesome shooter too, man. And you're shooting with him at area six, I think. Oh, well, I don't know if he's on, we're on the same squad, but that's maybe cool. not. If he's, yeah, if he's, <laughs> if he's shooting the match, no, that's, 
Yeah, I know. I recognize all the names, and I'm like, yes, 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 and yes. I'm like, yes. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's a good perspective. Um, have, the way to look at it. <laughs> <laughs> We've got another Rob on the squad as well. I don't know if you know uh, Rob Epifania, um, but he's a really good dude also. And uh, it, yeah, it's going to be a great time. It'll be awesome. Cool. Yeah. No, I don't know him. That might be the only one. That's cool. All right. So now let me ask y'all this, um, and I want to get all everybody's perspective on this training up for area six and the North Carolina classic. Are you dedicating your training time after looking at the matchbook or are you just upping your training value? Like I just know I need to improve on something. So which way is your training value going, going into both matches? Who's going first. I'll let Dave go first. Dave, go first, because then I can just, like, copy what he said. <laughs> you got, my training is very different, I'm sure, than most people's. But um, looking at going in Area 6, which I'm going into next weekend, I looked at the matchbook just looking for any kind of odd start positions or any kind of weird shooting requirements that, I, you know, you don't normally see. And I didn't really see anything but an unloaded start. Correct. <laughs> and I yep, don't, that's it. you know, I know every morning when I get up to dry fire practice, I don't always incorporate unloaded starts into my dry fire. So I've started doing that. So mm -hmm. now I work on unloaded starts every morning until area six. Um, it looks like, I mean, the target presentation is pretty basic. Uh, there's nothing like super crazy or weird. So I, I really, um, didn't you know looking at the matchbook i didn't really get a whole lot of stuff that i needed to kind of turn around or or change my my you know my current training or or dry fire on other than a, you know do a little bit more on a unloaded start okay now what about you um uh, rob i'm i'm gonna say i look at matchbooks less and less um i think when i was when i went to shoot my first major match i literally tried to figure everything out before i even got out the car you know what i mean but mm -hmm. i've learned to realize that they don't give you much information although i will say with the new technology and like SketchUp and like little lego pieces that they're a little more realistic than they were when i first started shooting mm -hmm. But I think I'm right there with Dave, and, and I knew I was going to copy what he said, but but it is true. You look for the anomalies. Like, you look for the weird stuff because everything – most of the stuff is just stuff you've done before. You're looking for the stuff maybe that's like, oh, oh, that's weird. You know, like uh, – um, and, and uh, there's – and maybe round count, and, and that's about it. That's really about it. I, I don't – when you see them on the ground is really when you have to decide what you're going to do, you know? So. All, right. All right. What about you, Jay? Well, I, um, I'll, I'll pretend like I am shooting area six. I was going to do it. Um, but it, it doesn't work out quite for me to make it down just because of goats giving birth and things happening. So, um, <laughs> silly goats, uh, silly goats. But, uh, I, I really think, uh, you guys said everything there. I'm not going to have much to add. Um, I, yeah, like the first time I saw a matchbook, I, 
Um, I, we printed it out. Me, me, my, me and my brother printed it out. We made notes. And then we, <laughs> and all this stuff, we like walked the stages when we got there, made notes on the things, you know. And I think, I think that that has the potential to just add more kind of mental tension when you get there. Um, and so I really like just looking for things that are out of place. And then, like you said, Dave, you know, like I, I practice unloaded starts a little bit leading up to this to make sure those are dialed in. Um, and other than that, like my training leading up to a match is, is my training lead out, leading up to a match. If it's a USPSA match, which is all I shoot. So. Yeah. I got you. Now for me, um, I do things a little bit differently. Okay. So I don't change my dry fire practice at all. I, I do it religiously, right? Just so I'm reinforcing that muscle memory of coming out the holster and, you know, I, before, you know, I on the target and the, the firearm is following. What I do differently is I'll give the matchbook to coach B and I was like, okay, tell me what to do outside of what I'm doing. So of course, you know, a day or two later, she'll get back with me and then she'll be like, you know, there was only one unloaded start. And I was like, okay, cool. So now the determination is, do I practice the unloaded start or do I just take my time when the timer goes off? You know, so some days I get flustered with it. Some days I'll just be like, you know, I'm just going to take my time so I avoid the DQ. So it's one of those measures with me. So one day I might dive into it hard. The next day I'll be like, okay, just relax with it and see how it goes. But the most important thing is, don't go too fast to get yourself DQ throwing the firearm off of that start table, <laughs> you know? So, and you know, the best time to practice an unloaded start is after they say make ready. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's one way to look at it. <laughs> yeah. So that way it's fresh in your brain and you know, nothing could go wrong. <laughs> All right. So now let me ask y'all this one. All right. I'm going to start off with you this time, Rob. Which match are you looking more to do? Like, if you had your choice to do which one first between Area Six and the North Carolina Classic, which one would you do first, and why? Well, I've never shot the Area match. Um, yeah, so I'm excited. It's 12 stages in one day, so I get to challenge myself with my new you know, fitness abilities and like uh, my, yeah. my, uh, my endurance of, you know, so I, I actually get to push that a little bit, which is going to be awesome. Get to see how I feel after 12 stages, mentally and physically never done that. Um, so I'm more intrigued by that. And I think when, um, you know, I, I'm really kind of focusing really on the South Carolina state match, you know, the North Carolina match is out there a little ways, you know, we got time to sort of play with that. Um, but the North Carolina match, the last match video that I made of their uh, Carolina classic, I always give my match videos a little, you know, kind of a queer title. And I, I called it the Carolina class act classic. And they really were the first people to come to us with a different plan, program, protocol, what have you, procedure, and do that half-day format, no competitor reset. And so I've just always loved going to their matches. They always put on a good show. And it's really a match where you can just focus on shooting 
And and then South Carolina stepped up, and I think we started doing it, and then Georgia started doing it. And I just I think I always think about that North Carolina match as the match that started that, and I just love it. Yeah, no, I I really do appreciate that when you actually go to a match and you don't have to reset anything, you can just focus on the match. I really do appreciate matches like that. You know, so now um, I know you said you're not doing the area match, um, Jay. So right. if you were between the North yes. Carolina Classic and Area 6, which one and why? Yeah, I'm, I'm basically, I'm going to pretend like I am shooting Area 6. I'm just not going to leave for the match. That's all I'm doing. Hey, that's um, it right so, there. That's it. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, which one do I do first? I don't, that's tricky. I kind of think, I, I like how the Carolina Classic is, it's kind of, you know, it's towards the end of the year, and I, I'm a, I would leave it there. Like I'm happy with the order they're in, um, and kind of like what what Rob said. I, I've, I, I this is just going to sound like we're talking up this match so much, which we are, but it's awesome. Um, I, I heard Ben Barry on on his podcast like a long time ago, and when he when he does them, but he was, he's one of the guys who have have always staffed that match, um, no matter where it is, and and kind of worked with that. And I think his wife is the, um, is she the coordinator for North, for uh, Stephanie Barry? Anyway, um, I always heard so many good things about it. I always wanted to go to this match. And then um, uh, really like I, I couldn't go if it wasn't for John and outdoor, uh, outdoor dynamics. So um, he's awesome. Anyway, I would shoot that match where it is right now. Um, I, I like that match being, being in September, um, or you know, I don't know when it's been in the past, but um, I would leave it in, right in that order. Okay. What about you, um, Dave? Um, the let's see. I I think I shot the Carolina Classic for the first time two years ago, three years ago, maybe. And it has since been my favorite match that I have ever shot, as far as a major match goes. <laughs> and um, I don't know, you know, the, the half-day format helps with that, I think. Um, you know, not having competitor reset, you just you focus on shooting. You go out there and you shoot. Uh, you reload your mags, you get a sip of water, a little bite to eat, and, and then you're on to the next stage. Um, and it's just focused for the competitor from a competitor's standpoint. I mean, I think it, it's a perfect format. Um, and I think it even helps from the like staff format from, from resetting stages. I mean, I think, you know, staff, once you get in the groove with, with how you're resetting a stage, you know, it, you can even reset it faster than if you were to have 20 people, you know, from a squad walk out and randomly paste targets here and there or whatever right yeah um, i i like that match a lot and and I, i'm glad that we're gonna we're doing the south carolina match like that this year um i've shot the area six match the last two years this will be my third year shooting that that area match and and i really enjoy it. it's been in florida the last couple times i'm glad it's closer to home um I, you know, I don't mind the the order that it's in right now. I'm I'm excited, and I've been training for the Area Six match. 
but I have so much vested into the South Carolina sectional. I have to defend my title and I'm, uh, I'm directing the match. <laughs> so uh, there's so much, um, you know, uh, mentally that it, that the South Carolina matches is, is requiring of me, but um, I'm, I love the area six match. I always have. Um, it's going to be a great time. There's a lot of great shooters that show up to this match. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so it'll be good. It'll be a good match. I'm looking forward to to both of them, um, Area Six and NC State. Nice. Okay. So my take on it is, I'm not looking for to either one to be come first or come second, because last year I got um, DQ at the North Carolina match. So of course, when I'm looking at the North Carolina match, I'm looking at it more along the lines of going back to redeem myself. Right, because remember I did was it two or three stages, and then that third or fourth stage is when I got DQ'd. I remember that you showed up the stage where I was shooting, and it's like, why, why are you here? Why are you, what's going? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I was like, let me, let me watch everybody else shoot. <laughs> you know, but um, the the whole thing behind that was um, of course, you know, over the course of time, I learned a, a few lessons, and. That one, I was feeling myself, and I went into it after the first stage. I had plucked myself as the better shooter out of that group, and that ego turned around to be an ego check. They got me DQ'd. You know what I'm saying? So um, I'm looking forward to redeeming myself <laughs> at that North Carolina match. As far as Area 6 goes, Last year, Area 6 was my best match overall out of all the matches that I'd done major match-wise. And um, I, I remember that. I remember looking at the results because I didn't go, and I was like, oh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to cry in my beer and go look at everyone who did good. And I remember <laughs> seeing – and I was like – and I was like, damn, Michael, he schooled those boys down there. You did great, man. You yeah. did a really – you shot a hell of a match. Yeah, and – one thing about it was, I think it was the reset um, aspect of it because we didn't have to reset it. And then the other aspect of it was Coach B, she actually helped me out more that match than she did any other match that she went with, you know, with me. And I think the conversations we were having, she was calming me down. Cause you know, a lot of times when you see me, even at a local match, I'm still sitting there, I'm looking at everybody, I'm analyzing this and I'm putting too much thought into it. And she took my mind off of it and we was talking about a turkey and cheese sandwich on one stage. I, I, I <laughs> remember the conversation, right, <laughs> right? This is the secret. Yeah. Sharing yeah. the secrets, Mike. <laughs> yeah, that was it. And, it um, and like I said, it was that whole match, I was so relaxed and I just went into it and I was like, okay, I'm gonna have fun. And before you knew it, it was like, oh, I'm up, I'm up, I'm up. And then I had to calm myself down, and then I just ran it. And it turned out to be the best match I had that year. You know, so. Awesome. Yeah, so um, I was like, okay, cool. All right, I'll try to repeat it this year, but <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> but. Um, you just got to bring the turkey and cheese. Yeah, that was, that was, well, we didn't even have turkey and cheese. Well, no, no, there. don't eat turkey. That makes you go to sleep. You want to have chicken. Or even red red <laughs> meat is really good the night before. <laughs> so Rob, Rob chicken and think about turkey. Yeah, that's it. Right? <laughs> that's it, right? So, um, all right, so. Goat. Now, I want a goat sandwich. Yeah. So now, um, 
looking at all the matches and the matches, people who are designing matches now, it seems like the imagination field is opening up because there's a couple classifiers that, you know, like even when you look at like certain matches and you be like, man, this can be like a classifier right here. And of course the matchbook for area six, it has some interesting stages in it. And I want to say it was two of them. I claim that could be a classifier. So I was like, I wouldn't be surprised if that shows up again at national, probably revamped a little bit. Do you think stages that are considered classifiers are more challenging or more, or are they more challenging from the technical aspect or the physical aspect? And I'll start off with Jay this time. Yeah, so I, my, my whole approach, like, has always been every stage gets the same, gets the same process mentally. Mm-hmm. Um, so when you're talking about, like, technically, or what, what was the question again here? I'm just talking without knowing what, the, what I'm trying to say. Okay, so when you, when you look at a stage, and let's say you go to a classifier stage, do you look at the classifier stage as more a mental challenge or a more physical challenge? Oh, yeah. So the technicality every, of it. Yeah, like every stage that I shoot, and, and so we'll just say, yeah, that it's a classifier stage um, or a shorter stage or, or something like that. That is a, this is, this, that's a good question. That's a, that's a mental challenge. Everything, every single stage I shoot is a mental challenge. Um, the technical stuff is, is, is relatively easy to learn. So like this is, you know, here, here are these targets. Here's what I have to do. Let me get my mind in the proper form of thinking about a turkey sandwich, and then I'm going to shoot. And that's <laughs> that's what I'm that's what I'm thinking about now. Everybody knows what to think about right before they shoot. So. Turkey sandwich. Yeah. <laughs> Matter of fact, I'm gonna put that on a t-shirt so all rights of that idea is broadcasted and edited by. <laughs> yeah, when Steve Anderson asks you what your focus phrase is, tell him turkey, turkey sandwich. sandwich. Turkey sandwich. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So what, what is your thought process on that there, Rob? Uh, well, I, I think USPSA is learning that we want more movement and more things that actually emulate a USPSA stage. I got butthurt in a major way about the classification system because I sucked at classifying and I didn't do the work to make myself a better classifier. And I always said, oh, classifiers are just staying in shoots, blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. And then I realized that I sucked at deja vu all over again. <laughs> and that just made me realize that there are dudes that are, you know, rolling this thing at a hundred percent and you're able to put up an 82, you know, shame on you. So I think um, that, they're they're changing the classifiers i think we've seen and not only the three from this year but the year before like i when i went down to shot limited 10 nationals it was a low cap nationals and i was shooting limited at times so i'm like oh let's just drive down because the regular limited was you had to fly to and i'm like nine flying we'll drive down and we saw a couple new classifiers there and i was like oh that's the one cool thing about going to nationals is you get to shoot the classifiers as they're being like 
figured out by the dudes that are going to shoot them the best. And so if you're looking for an excuse to go shoot nationals, that's like one of the best reasons. But anyway, to get back on topic, I, 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 I got new respect for the classification system. Um, and I know that's not exactly the answer you wanted, but it's, you have to be able to handle the gun and do all the things but I love the fact that there's some physical element to some of these things now. Um, I don't like just manipulating the gun. In other words, I love Steve Anderson's program. I like the dry fire, 12 skills, 10 skills, whatever they are. I can't remember. But I don't like to just be able to do those things and GM or M, I want to be able to move my way and actually roll with the stages that, you know, that I can actually perform at that M level. And so some of these new classifiers that are coming around actually let you do that, you know? So I, I, I'm, that's probably, I went around and then not to the point anyway, but if that makes sense, I really, have new respect for the classification system as it's being developed and i hope they continue to do what they're doing but i think it's a little bit of both you know what i mean right all right what about you um dave i think it, it my point in my shooting now just about everything i do is a balance mentally um or, or a struggle mentally i don't i can walk up to a stage um, anything that you see in USPSA, and I know that I can accurately hit two alphas on any target out there. I don't have a problem with accuracy. I don't have a problem with the physical aspects of it. Moving through a stage quickly, I can, you know, I, I can get through a stage quickly. Um, but when it comes to combining both of those things together, it, it's it's a mental process for me trying to, uh, you know, maintain um you know my my visual focus and my visual patience um you know making making the shots as i need to um as i'm moving through the stage as quickly as possible it's it's been a something i've been working on you know for the last really for the last couple of years um accuracy was what i started with the beginning of last year and i i got to that point i did finally i just i was shooting too accurately i would finish several stages with like all alphas shooting an open gun and it's like my, i really don't need to do that yeah. but my, you know my accuracy was there but my speed wasn't there so so i once i knew that accuracy was taken care of i went back just focusing on speed i've gotten to where i'm comfortable with my speed i'm, I'm running you know through a whole match quicker than anybody else um my speed's there but my consistency is kind of off a little bit with with my my accuracy not accuracy like i'm not i don't struggle with accuracy it's consistency at speed um so it's it's all mental for me right now um regardless of the stage where, whether it's a classifier or not i actually you know focused a lot on classifiers at the beginning of this year trying to uh move into a gm class and the mental aspects of those classifiers got me um i, I didn't quite make it right so it, it's 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 a mental game to me i know how to shoot a gun i know how to move through a stage um combining all that and staying you know mentally focused and and 
you know, doing what I need to do is, is where the challenge is for me right now. I got you on that. Well, my thing is I've learned, and this was the year before last going into up until the middle of last year that I put too much stress on myself when it came to classifiers, especially when I was chasing the grade, you know, meaning mm -hmm. yeah. the class. Oh, it's easy to do. Correct. Yeah. So I was putting too much stress on myself and it was one match. And I remember it was in Spartanburg and, you know, Rob was even like, Hey man, just look at the classifier as any other stage you do. Right. And I was like, okay, that's a good approach. Three seconds after that conversation, the stress hit me again. And I was back to my original way of thinking. So what he actually said to me, it didn't set in until about four or five months later. Because if you ever notice all the videos I put up, I don't put up classifier videos, right? Because I'm focusing on what I need to do so hard. And I'm like, okay, I'm not, I don't want to do this and then put up. And then of course, every video I record, I put up regardless if I mess up or not. And um, the last time we went to Pontucky, I don't know if you remember it, Dave, but you was like, yo, you, you shot that pretty fast and clean right there. Right. And I even said it, the two outside targets on that classifier, um, what was it called? Like pepper Jack, cracker Jack or cracker Jack. Yeah. I think so. That classifier. Yeah. yeah. You shot it well. Yeah. So I shot, um, three targets. I mean, three rounds on the two outside targets in the middle and that middle display of the three targets. And both you and Tom said the same thing. Like, did you feel like you needed to put three on there? And I said, because it was the partial, you know, I second guess myself, but I really didn't need it. But yeah, but that's, you know, I think that's what, that's what did you in on that one. Yeah. You just automatically programmed in an extra shot, even though you didn't need it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, and, but once again, um, I went into that classifier, but I was more relaxed. So now, cause you remember what I said at the beginning of the season that I wasn't going to go to any all classifier matches this year. Mm -hmm. And I would rather get, like classified by doing the major matches, you know, um, because of the fact, I think you have more ability to recover at a major match versus an all classifier match, you know, especially if you mess up one stage mentally that can carry over to the next two stages, you know, depending on how you look at it and how you weigh yourself. Yeah. If you let it, it definitely yeah, can. Yeah. Most definitely. Most definitely. So, um, but I am looking forward to all the matches that are coming up here um, that we're about to shoot. But at the same time, I do appreciate the aspect of when something is challenging me, I know for a fact I can call Rob or Dave. And then each time I call, <laughs> y'all both answer the phone and then, you know, give me the guidance that I feel I'm, I'm getting. <laughs> You know, so I haven't called Jay, but every time I call Jay, it's like on something silly or, hey, you want to get on a podcast? <laughs> <laughs> we'll call me, call me whenever. I, it's all good. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's what it is right there. So um, Nationals, it's not in Florida this year. but uh, um, Yay! <laughs> that, was, that was my next question. So how are you feeling about that and how are you looking at it, you know, from the location standpoint? which will be the conditions, the elements, the weather and all that, and the environment, you know, the culture 
and the people that are stage designing and setting it all up. So what's your take on that? And I'll start with you this time, Dave. I spent most of 2020 in Florida, so yes. I'm very glad that, <laughs> that yes. there's a match somewhere else this year. <laughs> I really, I think I went, uh, I started in December at the um, Florida sectional, I think is what it was in December. And then I went back in January, uh, Florida State, February, Florida Open, I think. I don't know. I could be getting mixed up. Anyway, I spent like six months in a row in Florida. I thought about getting a condo there, um, but I'm glad that, you know, I don't have to go to Florida this year for nationals, but uh, you know, a couple of years ago, I flew out to Utah, which was, which was interesting um, out there in the desert. Um, you know, I, I want to try to keep shooting nationals and it, if I have to fly, you know, it, it may be, you know, necessary, but I'm, glad it's you know it's it's somewhat local here it's it's not in florida i don't mind florida i mean there's such a great community of shooters there in florida it it, is great place to shoot you can shoot every single weekend year round in florida if you wanted to i don't have any problem with that it's just somewhere a little bit different you know every now and then is kind of interesting to me so i'm looking forward to uh this range in particular uh, in Talladega, I've seen videos and, and pictures of it. It looks great. I've never actually been to this range before. Um, so I'm looking forward to um, checking this one out. Okay. What about you, Jay? Yeah, so I, I, I'm, I'm kind of, I'm new to this. So like, I, I don't shoot a lot of major matches. Um, and I, like it doesn't it it doesn't matter to me where where the match is necessarily um i'm i'm more just like happy to go and shoot it but that being said i, I think i think the talladega range is is re- is going to be really nice and i yeah i was looking at lots of videos and they've had steel challenge there for a few years now uh the the championships um and yeah last they've had some nationals there they so i'm i'm kind of I'm looking forward to what they put together there um, and and what kind of happens with the stages, if they're any different. Um, I know, I don't know exactly, I think exactly who's designing them all, but, um, I, you know, Shannon Smith is not going to be part of building them, I think, this year as much. I could be totally wrong. Um, so we might see something a little bit different. Um, we might We might get a representation of that as we come as we see what happens with um with low cap nationals in may um so anyway we'll we'll kind of see but i i'm i'm really looking forward to it i uh this is i i don't know i'm i'm just so excited about this anyway so (laughs) lost for words but this is going to be awesome yeah Yeah. all right what about you rob well i i just I come to realize I missed a hell of an investment opportunity. Um, Dave and I should have bought a condo together down in Florida. We should have. <laughs> I, I can one up, Dave. I, I shot the multi-gun nationals down there as well. And every other damn thing down there, um, which seems like it was a lot of fun. But, yeah, I spent a lot of time in Florida. And um, I'm – gonna shoot the two gun nationals down at talladega nice. in july i think it's in june or july i'm already signed up already squatted paid ready to go 
And so I get to go preview that place and make a nice match video for you guys and kind of see what they're going to do, kind of stages they're going to put up and, you know, what the bays are like and everything with the big sky cam. And so, yeah, I'm really excited about going to that, but I'm also, you know, excited about the new location. I, I have looked at videos from that place as well. I've never been there. You know, to me, it's all about new experiences, new things, and just, you know, and just new environment, new match directors, new stages, this and that and the other thing. Um, and I'm excited. I'm excited about it. I, uh, I'm i ready. I'm already ready. What, you know? <laughs> yeah, let's go now. We can do it now. <laughs> let's do it now. <laughs> yeah. yeah so Are there cool. any spots left for that? Multi-gun? The two-gun? Oh man, I think or, that yeah, whatever. It's whatever it's probably not sold out. But man, a week after, I'm like, ah, ammo shortage. No one's gonna sign up for this thing, dude. People, those squads filled so fast, it was ridiculous. I'm sure there's some spots. Don't get me wrong. Um, but man, I was like, holy crap! And Federal Ammunition has stepped up. I got an email. And they said they're going to supply ammo for the match. I'm like, great. It's the one, yeah, the one, uh, 150 grain Syntec. Um, buy all you want. Tell us what you want. The only thing they haven't said is what's the price. Cost. Yeah. <laughs> so you, you, we so were I'm, talking I'm, about I'm, that um, last year, into last year, at some, at some point when the ammo shortage started, we were talking about hoping or wanting to get in touch with federal and trying to to work something out like that that's cool mm -hmm. yeah i even made a little videos you know begging federal to hey you know you want to sponsor matches you want to be you know match font you want to do this you want to do that with the sport how about find a way to get match grade primers into the hands of people shooting matches you know it just kind of makes sense yeah. and I don't know if anyone from federal saw that video. It got a sh lot of views. Um, who knows, man? But, uh, you know, I think it makes sense. But right. whether it's possible or not, I don't know. But they're doing it. So maybe it is. <laughs> I mean, on, on a national level. Yeah. Maybe at a national level, it makes sense. It's, it's probably not you know, at a, at a lower level, but yeah, I'm glad they're, I'm glad they're able to do this. Yeah. So my take on it is this, um, as far as the whole aspect, I've only been to Talladega one time and I don't really remember the area like weather wise and all that. Um, I never been to that, that range there in Talladega either. So nationals in Florida, I was really looking forward to it being in Florida again. But once again, I guess everybody else had a problem with it. And I was like, oh, I kind of liked it, <laughs> you know, um, but, but it's it, not really Florida. It's like in the middle of frigging nowhere. <laughs> I mean, I was cool uh, raise your hand if you feel like you're in Florida when you're down there. I mean, only the heat and the rain. Other than that, it doesn't really, I mean, it doesn't say Florida to me, you know, but See, I um, think, beautiful I, place. Don't get me wrong. Yeah. You know? yeah. I, I think my take on it is different because a lot of times when people go to these places, they actually go out and do a little sightseeing. Like um, Dave actually went around and found a restaurant and 
<laughs> went there every night. <laughs> but this was up in um, North Carolina, though, when he did that. But, oh, the barbecue place? I'm going back. Oh, yeah, yeah I'm, I'm going there, too, this time. <laughs> right. It was pretty decent. But um, for me, whenever I go someplace, I don't venture out because by the time I get finished with the match, I'm so mentally drained. I'm like, okay, I'm just going to go back to the room and relax. And then, of course, you know, I take notes down of what I think I did good and what I didn't do good. And I just ponder on the match until I go to sleep. And then, of course, wake up next day, either go to the match or head home, whatever the case may be. Um, but I've even like events that I go to, I don't hang out like that. I just go do what I got to do. And then I come back to the room and go to sleep and then I leave, <laughs> you know? So one thing I do like about the matches is showing up about a day or two earlier and actually doing the walkthrough because once again, Rob was the one who told me, man, don't study that matchbook too hard. Cause you're going to mess yourself up. Because the matchbooks don't look like they do on the ground. Oh, there are so many, so many things different. Yeah. Oh man. So like, like the first match, um, I went to uh, with Rob and um John. What I did was I had like drawings and like triangles and like, yo, I'm gonna do this, I'm gonna do that. What do you think about this, Rob? <laughs> and then Rob was like, you follow that if you want to. <laughs> you know, tell her how you gonna end up with it. So I was like, huh? What? <laughs> Just showing up, we showed up. I was like, oh, Lord, have mercy. I see what he's saying. <laughs> Wisdom from Rob. Amazing. <laughs> yeah, but actually, Rob actually um, gives me a lot of knowledge on the range. And, like, one time I told somebody what he had told me. They was like, what? And I was like, yeah, maybe he don't talk to you like that, but he actually talks to me. Maybe he likes me and don't like you. I don't know. <laughs> no, so, Rob, Rob, I, you're, so... I, I get stuff, I watch all your videos because I, I don't watch many people's match videos, but I watch all your videos because I always get something like something little out of it that I really like. And, and, and one thing specifically, I remember you said, um, I don't remember what it was in, but you said people, people coming up and, and, you know, asking, you know, how's your match going or whatever. And, and you said your response to that is always like, I'm having the match of my life. And that was, <laughs> and I was like, that that is it right there like no matter what i'm having the match of my life because we and you said i don't because we don't know when the when when the last match we shoot will be we don't know that so like right now i'm having the, the best match of my life uh, and that's your default response and uh, i definitely I'm, I'm stealing that and uh oh. i stole it but uh, it's so true awesome. it's with that that attitude and, and i mean this is with all all your stuff i that you put out but everything is just it's so good and i don't know how we got there but i interrupted yeah. Mike. <laughs> well I, I i'll let you i'll let you interrupt him i i have a um, i have an admin key here i can turn him off for just a second so it's all good <laughs> yeah so um no i appreciate that oh yeah so and it's like i said one thing i do i appreciate the aspect because I feel what you do is you go into a stage, regardless if it's a major match or a local match. And I think your process is you make, take the more difficult aspect of analyzing it. And then you go through your process of elimination and say, okay, I'm going to do this because this makes more sense. And a lot of times I see like people do a stage run and they'll look at somebody and be like, okay, I'm going to do what they're doing. And they're not even putting a no real thought into it. And then there's been a few times where I saw you come up with a stage plan, sat back and thought about it and was like one simple step, 
I'm going to do this because it leads up to this. And you actually talk about it like openly like that. And I don't know if you do it to everybody, but I know when I'm around, you actually do it. And I was like, yeah, okay. no, I try to, I try to explain things, but also I, I look at a guy like you and you're mm-hmm. super fast. Like you're very, very, very fast. You can go from here to there very fast. Mm-hmm. And I think it was one time in Florida and you were air gunning some stuff. And I'm like, Michael, Go from here to there, super, super fast, stand there and shoot all the stuff. <laughs> yeah. And I don't, I still don't know if you took my advice, but I'm like, no, why shoot all that on the move when you can be there in like a second? <laughs> right. Yeah, I remember, I remember that one. Um, you know, yeah, it's like, yeah. I don't know if I'm helping when I say stuff like that or if I'm just like, oh my God, I shouldn't have said anything, you know? <laughs> well, no, because I remember somebody else, they heard you say that. And then they was like, why is he talking to you like that? And I was more like, well, you, you got to understand. I said, he's actually my friend. Like, we live in the same area. But, I don't know then, this guy. I don't know yeah. what the hell he's talking about. But as <laughs> soon, soon as I said that, then the guy was like, oh, okay, okay. And I said, he's not being aggressive towards me. What he's saying is, you have the ability, open up. That's the only thing he's saying. I said, and every time we go to the range, on a range setup like this, he says the same thing every time. So maybe I'm not doing something right, but I said, in my mind, I'm, I'm probably playing it too safe. I, I really don't know, but he sees something that I'm not putting it into the equation. And I said, I appreciate that because now I'm focusing on that and I'm trying to get the speed up a little bit more with the gun in my hand, you know? And um, then the guy was like, oh yeah, okay. I, I see what you're saying. I see what you're saying. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I, I actually remember that when um, that was... I don't know if you remember this one, Dave, but you started off in the left corner and it was like you almost did a zigzag pattern. From Nationals? Uh, was it Nationals? No, it was Florida no, that, section. Yeah, it was a Florida right. section. Yeah, that was a Florida section. And um, it was one of the stages, I know you started off on the left-hand side and when you ran it, it was almost like a zigzag pattern if you went from target to target, you know, like your shooting aspect. And... um. You had to go down to the very far right at this point. Right. And then there was this hallway that ran from that point all the way to the left. And you had to go all the way to the left because it's Manny's stage and you had to shoot the stuff there. But you could either shoot the stuff on the move or you could shoot a couple targets, reload and haul ass to the left and shoot everything. And, you know, my my point to Michael was, man, you could get there so fast and just Mm -hmm. get alphas when you get there. I think that's the stage that me and you shot the same, but I, uh, I can't remember, but I know what I did was as soon as I hit that corner, I took off. Right. <laughs> and then, um, remember, um, coach B, she went to the left first and ended on the right. And I said, I went to the right ah. and finished on the left. Yeah. You know, Cause I didn't okay. see a reason to double tap it like that. Yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm gonna show you. I'm gonna find a video and I'm gonna show it to you, Dave. Because okay, I, cool, yeah, cool. I, don't yeah. what, I don't remember which one it is, which stage it was. Yeah, um, I, I remember exactly which one it was because I was like, okay, I'm gonna do what he said. Yeah, I'm gonna do that. <laughs> yeah, I shot the whole match with the with the duct taped up on the front. <laughs> now, how, how is I how do you feel? watching you do that? <laughs> yeah, so now, how do you how do you feel about that in competition? Because a lot of times when I tell people to do that, right. They look at me like I'm crazy. Yeah, uh, right? I do. Yeah, so now, I can actually tell you this. And of course, this isn't this isn't classified or documented because I'm not saying the mission, the grids, or anything like that. But there was a firefight that I was in, 
and I had that same thing on my optic. Whereas I had tape covering it and all I saw was the red dot. But shooting with both eyes open, it was like you see the targets falling as I was hitting the people. You know, so I, I would prefer to do that. And even like now, I would still do that to this day. I don't have to see like a clear image going through the optic, you know? So what is your take on that? Considering in one time you said it in the video that you felt like you shot better with tape on it versus no tape on it. I, I just, you can take a whole eye away. Mm -hmm. So you're really focusing with one eye but proper focus with one eye is better than poor focus with both eyes. Right. I proved it. Mm -hmm. now, I, you know, I, that's it. That's all I got. I mean, that, yeah. that's all I can say. I mean, I, if you can target focus, then you don't need to do it. Right. But, but if you struggle, then you need to do it. <laughs> that's yeah. It. yeah. That's it's, it. A, it's a great, I think it's a great training tool. Um, if you are struggling with that, with, with target focusing, um, it's a great training tool. Yeah. Now, what about you, um, Jay? Have you done any type of shooting or practice covering your optic? Yeah, so I did. Um, sorry, I'm driving now. But this is the, bon the bonus of doing phone, piss <laughs> over the phone. Um, I, I, I did it for a little bit. Um, I didn't shoot a match with it. Uh, I did some dry fire with it and, and what it confirmed to me was, was that, yes, I, I am target focusing. Um, okay. and cause I haven't shot iron sights very much at all. So mo primarily it's been dots for me. And so that's been what I do where, where I did find a benefit to it was, um, when shooting in like direct sunlight. And I don't know, Rob, if you, if you used it at, um, in Florida, if you needed to, um, I didn't need to at that, just kind of how, how the targets were, but I know, I know pe some people did where if you tape over the lens, I, I'm talking about specifically with the, the Trijicon, the SRO, you don't get a second dot yeah. because there's no, there's no, uh, reflection or I don't know how it works, but you get, <laughs> you take away the second dot. So it makes the sight picture simple as it should. Um, mm. so I think that's, that's a benefit there. I, whenever I did it in dry fire and, and, and I did some live fire with it. Uh, the only thing that happened was when you go and lean outside of a barricade or a wall, you, you lose, um, you can't see the target because you're, I don't know if I'm going to be able to explain it right, but if, if you can't see with both your eyes, then you can't see the dot on the target. So if one of your eyes is behind the, the wall. Oh, uh, you're you, giving up a little, yeah, you're giving up a little you're time because you got to wait till your left eye breaks the plane of the wall. Yeah, absolutely. Exactly. So wow. that, that's okay. the only thing. And, and I, I remember messing with that and I was like, why can't I see the dot on the target when I, whenever, and it's because the wall is in the way of my eye imposing that image <laughs> over. So, so that's the only that's the thing that just some, you know, some stuff like that, where if you're not wide open, um, that's why I didn't go and take it to take it to a match. Um, cause I can't guarantee that I won't be shooting around a wall at a match, <laughs> but, but you know, I, I mean, about it. uh, but I, I, again, like what your experience was, was, was it was confirmation to you that yes, this is what I need to be doing. Um, 
and 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 it's not harmful it's not harmful to an, ex, an extreme degree at a match either because we're, we're superimposing that dot anyway right. so i think it was it was really cool to mess with um and just kind of learn learn some stuff with it for sure okay. all right now have you ever done that before dave and like with your open gun i tried it a little bit in dry fire um and i found it really interesting at the it was really odd to me that I could pull the gun up and, you know, only be looking at the target with one eye, but still having like a clear image of the dot there. It was weird. It was really weird mm-hmm. when I first tried it, but it was interesting. But I don't know. Your the My brain was, was making it happen somehow between my, what my, you know, the different images my eyes were seeing. It was really weird. Yeah, but I could see it being a good training tool. I've never really had a, a problem like target focusing. Mm-hmm. Um, I tried it for a couple of weeks and then I left it at that, I, you know, but I could really see the benefit if because it does force at least your one eye to focus on the target because there's nothing else to focus on um, when, when your dots covered up like that. Um, so I, I could see how it would be a great training tool. Now, the first time I had that experience with covering the optic up, um, I don't remember where I was at in the military, but I do remember, um, no, I was at E5. I was at E5 at that time. And I remember the E6 or E7, whoever was standing behind me, they explained that to me. So I closed the cap down. It was a red dot, uh, aim point red dot. And I turned around and I did it and I was hitting all the way out to the 300 meter on a qualification range. And <laughs> yeah, like I said, after that experience, I rather shoot like that versus is having the clear image with one eye. But it just know? sounds like a really terrible idea when I first heard about <laughs> it. It's like, <laughs> you're trying to hit a target at 300 yards, put the cover over the front of your sight. That'll help. Yeah, um, how in weird, the world is that going to help you? Do it me? works, man. Said, <laughs> it really works. And and it's like I said, um, <clears throat> our brain is so complex that something like that, you will be like, oh, I don't know. I don't know. But know. yeah, but Let's when you actually the front of our site, yeah, and do it, do it and trust in yourself. You'll be amazed, man. Like I said, the, the human body itself is very remarkable. And if you can actually open up those pathways and don't second guess yourself and judge yourself, you'll be amazed at what you can really do. And I don't even think we really tap into 5% of our, our ability. Right. That's, I, yeah. I agree. The, the best, the best reason to not tape over your red dot is so you don't have to explain it to everyone. <laughs> I, to this day, there are still people leaving comments on those videos. Wow. Nice point shooting or how you're, you have a strong index. And I'm just like, I'm just tired of trying to explain to people what it's really all about. Yeah. And yeah. that's the struggle. Like the 90% of the people don't even understand what, you're trying to do much less what you're doing you know it's crazy yeah um it's it's really weird it's great it's weird it's great that's really weird but it works yeah i think what i'm uh, when i actually um dive into the carry optic aspect i think that might work best for me in carry optics but 
I'll try it when I get there and see whichever one I feel more comfortable with. Because I never done it with yeah. a handgun. I never covered like um because I I've never shot but one two maybe three optics on a handgun, but I never covered it up to actually say okay that works for me. But I like I said I never really done it on a um, optic handgun. So. Well, but I, at least you'll understand what you're trying to do. Correct. Correct. There's no much sorry, difference. Sorry, Jay. Between, yeah. No, you're good. I'm, I'm just excited for Mike, Mike for you to get into into carry optics when you do. And then we got to get David over it, back into it, because I know you started there, but we got to get your canic <laughs> up and running. But, still, it's still running. <laughs> okay, well, right, yeah. It's about worn out now. I might need to get a new one. But. You, get, you get a new one. And then, and then, well, you know, everybody's in carry optics, you know, just as many people in carry optics as we can. That's the goal. That's right. That's right. I still have my rig. Yeah. Well, like I said, uh, next year I'm a I'm gonna attempt to dive into it next year. So. Yes. I hope your experience is like mine. You know, I spent two years in limited. I loved it. I loved the 2011s. I loved going through the whole process. I dabbled with open a little bit, but I am where I'm supposed to be right now in carry optics. I love it, and I love shooting a dot. And I hope you had the same experience. Just deal with the struggle. Just right. deal with it. The, 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 the reward at the end is worth it. I got you on that. I agree. I, uh, I when I first started, I thought I was going to throw that dot away. <laughs> this is this is awful. I am so much faster with iron sights. This, why do I? Why did I even put this red dot on my gun? Yeah, I said so. Like I said, I'm I'm excited about doing it. Um, like I said, and as I'm, I talk to people, I just try to pluck their brains and get more information. I think the hardest thing for me right now is making the determination of which firearm that I want, because I know I'm going to put an optic on the Q5, but I want to get another firearm and let one of them be the backup, you know? So um, I'm still trying to make that determination of how I'm going to work it. Will you be like Rob and just buy all of them? No, well... <laughs> Uh, like I said, I, I don't know how Rob does it. Like making the decision before going to the range. Like, okay, I think I carry this one or this one. But then again, you look in Rob's cart. He got like six firearms right there. Hey, you need one? I got one you can use. <laughs> you know? yeah. It's been weird. It's been fun. Yeah. So, like I said, I'm I'm actually looking forward to it and um diving into it because my whole aspect is just going into it, giving limited a break and then come back to it. But my theory behind it is going into carry optics and then possibly going back to limited, I think it might make you a better shooter, you know, overall. But Mike, I, I, I was going to go back to limited as well. I'm just saying. Right. And what stopped you though? The fun factor. I, I, <laughs> I don't <laughs> have too much fun. I, I just, I got a call from the Smithsonian the other day and they wanted all my iron sight guns. So. <laughs> That's it right there. <laughs> so I was like, yeah, yeah you can have them. <laughs> I get it. I get it. All right. So um, if anything, um, I want to continue this conversation sometime either after area six or after the North Carolina section if we're not in season break, but if we did go into a season break by then, um, I want to come have this conversation after the season break and then revisit how was it for you? Is it what you expected? And just break down the match overall between, you know, the four of us. Oh, that'd be cool. I'd like to do that. Yeah. Yeah. I think that'd be fun. So um, if you will, um, 
everyone, please go ahead and stay in your seats. And before we take off, make sure you head on over to YouTube and look up um, Rob Teague's Pops Quest on YouTube and check out his videos. And then if you're on Instagram and YouTube, just type in J Bill and check out his videos. And I think um, you're going to be amazed by both of these parties and what they bring to the table. You know, so outside of that, please stay in your seats and here are a few words from our sponsors. Are you in the market to purchase your first or next firearm, but find the atmosphere of a gun store intimidating, crowded, or uninviting? There's a way for you to purchase the gun you want while avoiding the crowds, the gruff salesmen, and the marked up prices that come with a brick and mortar gun store. The process is called a transfer, where the purchase is made in an online store and sent to a federally licensed middleman called an FFL, who processes the paperwork and background check for a firearm purchase. CAE Transfers is the FFL with the lowest transfer cost in the Midlands at only $20 or $15 with the presentation of a South Carolina concealed weapons permit and $10 for repeat customers. If you live in Columbia, South Carolina or its surrounding areas, choose CAE Transfers as your FFL during checkout and let me help you complete your online gun purchase. You can find and follow CAE Transfers online at Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram using at CAE Transfers. Thank you for your business and I look forward to seeing you soon. Hey, this is Brian Conley at Hunters HD Gold. If you've never tried Hunters HD Gold, then I challenge you to find me at a match next year. Go to the website under scheduled events, find out where I'm gonna be, come meet me in person and demo a pair for yourself. Find out why shooters across the United States are changing the Hunters HD Gold to get 43% more light to their eyes, better contrast, eyes that are not fatigued at the end of the day based on the, the colors that we use, and find out the real meaning of why they change so you don't have to. So check us out on our website, huntershdgold.com, and I look forward to seeing you at the range soon. Mental Health and Guns. At Walk the Talk America, we're working with both the mental health community and the gun industry. Created by a gun industry veteran, Walk the Talk America seeks to raise awareness and create change through suicide prevention and firearm safety without legislation. We strive to eliminate the prejudice that firearms and mental health face. For more information and to support Walk the Talk America, please visit walkthetalkamerica.org. The Gun Cleaners. Our solvent is, I think, second to none. Our lube is second to none. Their lube's heavier than water, which is just a huge thing. People don't really put a lot of thought into that, just how huge that is to have on your gun, especially with concealed carry. The Gun Cleaners. Oh, yeah, most definitely. You know, you're going to sweat a lot of the other lubes off. With ours, it'll stay there. The Gun Cleaners. And maintaining the quality of the process, the quality of the end result, is another and you guys are able to do both with the process that you have there order your supply of the lube and the solvent at www.theguncleaners.com thank you for taking the time to hang out with us on the m-w tactical podcast remember a new podcast comes out every tuesday if you can't wait for tuesday go listen to past episodes to catch up on what you missed make sure you visit www.m-wtactical.com and see what all is offered on the site where you can even purchase M-W Tactical apparel. But please, 
go to our Facebook and Instagram page and follow us on our journey in the sport of competition shooting in the realm of the two-way community. Until next week, keep shooting, keep practicing, and have fun.